And we ought to avail ourselves of that opportunity today to enter into the presence of everything He has for us. Amen. What an awesome opportunity He's given us today. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Amen. It is my great honor and delight and privilege to introduce our speaker today. Speakers, perhaps. I don't know exactly what they have planned. Uh, but brother and sister Stevens are here with us. <clears throat> they are missionaries to Malta, and it's probably an unfortunate set of circumstances that makes them available today. But uh, nonetheless, I'm glad they're here. <laughs> Amen. So, let's stand once again as Brother Stevens comes to the pulpit. Amen. If we could lift our hands, our voices one more time and thank the Lord our God for all He has in store. Amen. Thank you, brother. Praise the Lord. Let's honor Him. Let's glorify Him. He is the mighty Lord, our mighty God and King. And without Him, we have nothing. We have nothing. You'd be gathered here today and not knowing what to do had it not been for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Uh, we are so glad. My wife and I are glad to be here. Uh, as as uh, Brother Becker alluded to, we're not here by choice. I mean, we're here by choice in lacrosse, but we're not back in the United States by choice. We had uh, a Sunday morning service, um, and when I we got done with the Sunday morning service in Slima, Malta, I uh, went upstairs to the Sunday school and was talking with my wife, and the next thing I knew, there were paramedics there. And uh, I had ended up in the hospital for three days in Malta, and uh, they could not diagnose the issue there, so we came back to the United States uh, in December, beginning of December, and we have been diagnosed now. If I can only get the doctors to figure out how to treat it, that would be awesome. So we're here, but uh, while we're here, we figure we've got to do something than just sit, because sitting will kill you. So we are so glad to be able to be here. I want to thank this congregation for having us with, with you. Uh, this is beautiful territory. I was telling uh, Brother Becker that I, I don't think that we have ever been to La Crosse before. We've, we've always managed to turn off and head towards Eau Claire. And uh, so, and absolutely beautiful here. It reminds me of the foothills of uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, and uh, also heading into West Virginia, where my son lived for a few years. So it's absolutely beautiful here. And so we made a note of coming back to this area in the summertime and uh, see the beauty of this area. Um, Brother and Sister Parker, it, it's, it seems odd saying those words. Because uh, the missionary we worked with in Malta is our, our brother and sister Parker. And uh, I, I did hear the stories about when you were missionaries at the same time that they were, that uh, headquarters couldn't figure out, you know, that Parker and Island could mean two different islands and two different Parkers. And so uh, you got the Parkers in Malta's mail, and they got your mail, and so... The only way that this could be fixed by was by you guys retiring. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But uh, how many of you know where Malta is? Ah, oh, very good. If you don't know where it is, it's in Acts chapter 28, verse 1. It's, it's where Paul said, we realized we were on the island of Melita when they were shipwrecked. Uh, this modern-day Malta. I'm going to have you be seated. I'm so sorry. 
I know how I feel when the preacher forgets to have you sit down. But uh, uh, it, it absolutely, it's a beautiful island. Uh, it's uh, 15 miles wide and 18 miles long, and it is an entire country. When the traffic's not bad, you can drive from one end of the country to the other in 20 minutes. I told my wife we didn't even leave the state of Wisconsin to get here, and it took us four hours. And so it's it's amazing what a small country it is, but it's a half million people, and it is it right smack dab in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. If you were ever in the Navy, it's a port of call for the United States Navy. And so it's an absolutely beautiful place, but it's very much a, a semi-third world. We say second world because it's not really first world. It's not really third world. It's kind of stuck in between. But absolutely beautiful country and with horrid temperatures in the summertime. Um, my wife and I, if you don't know us, we originally planted the church in Two Rivers, Wisconsin, uh, in our dining room. We grew into a storefront, went and purchased an old credit union building, converted that into a church. We bought land, we built a building, and then that building got too small. We built a Sunday school addition onto the building, and then the Lord started dealing with us to go into missions. So we planted a church in Algoma, Wisconsin. And uh, the Lord said, no, I said, missions. Well, I don't know about you, but my pastor had always told me my mission was my backyard, so I thought that was good enough. And uh, the Lord says, no, 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 you need to go on missions. And so he says, okay, Lord, we're going to get an assistant pastor so that I can retire in a few years. And we got an assistant pastor, and the plan was for us to retire. We'll plant another church. So we planted a church in New Holstein, Wisconsin. And uh, the Lord said, well, that's good. And both these churches are still doing well today. And he said, but I called you to missions. So he said, okay. So we planted one more church. And uh, and the Lord said, you know what I was talking about. So our uh, assistant pastor, he was voted in. And five years ago, uh, this Easter, we went to the country of Malta. And uh, that is how we ended up being here today. Uh, Malta is a place where uh, all countries come together. There are multiple languages spoken there. If I was to say to you, Jesus Cristo il um, Allah, I would be saying Jesus Christ is Lord. And let me say to you, this is the proper Maltese. Thanks for having us. Grazie Hafna. Have to do this. It means it's from our heart. Amen. So, uh, and people, if you're in Malta ever, the Maltese will tell you that there is, there is pure Maltese and there is impure Maltese. And we don't want to tell them there, that really there is no pure Maltese because it's made up of Arabic, uh, North African, Romantic, Italian, French, and some English. But they believe it's pure, so we just go with it. Uh, I'm going to have my wife come up and greet you just for a moment, and and then we'll be getting into this. Now, a typical morning in Malta, we greet ourselves. I go, Lodwa Taiba, and that means blessings for this day. And if I wanted to make it even like more personable, I would go, Lodwa Taiba Yasinimi Jisu, which means the blessings of the Lord upon you in Jesus' name. So 
You know, whether we're there or here, there's such a sweet spirit here. I am so thankful. And like my husband said, thank you, brother and sister um, Becker, for having us. We are very grateful. Um, And I noticed on your back wall you have a lot of missionaries on there. And that is just, that is so commendable. That, I mean, God, I mean, how can I express my thankfulness to see that, that you're kingdom-minded. You know, it's it's not just re- about reaching souls here. It's about reaching souls all over the world. And we are in a place, I believe, with so many great things that there are hungry souls out there. There are people so hungry. Now, we've seen it in, in other churches in, in the United States, but in Malta, we have, like he said, multi-languages. <clears throat> and it doesn't matter. Some of them can't speak a lick of English. Yep, they'll come to our services, and you can see the move of God, and they're just crying, and they're moving. And um, one of the things I was asked to do was set up Sunday school for them, which was a big challenge because those kids speak more languages than I do. <laughs> we, so we had Chinese. We had um, Filipino. We had the, the Pakistani girl. I mean, and they're all like, you know, and they speak two or three languages. So I'm getting up there and I'm like, oh, how do I teach Sunday school to all these kids, you know? And, um, but it was so great to see that move because the language barrier means nothing when God moves into a service. And I'm sure the Parkers have experienced that. You know, we, we sometimes limit God because of the languages. But God doesn't. He's not limited by those things. He's not limited by resources. He's not limited by your situation. He's not limited to anything as long as you are hungry for God. And that's what we're seeing there. We're seeing it here. And we are just so excited to be a part about, of God's kingdom and his family. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord that praise. Praise the Lord. Uh, you also see we have a table over here. There's things that are for sale. They're very cheap. And uh, because we, we do Dollar General type missionary sales. And uh, we try to keep it affordable. But it all goes back into the mission work uh, in Malta. Uh, we just recently finished our first semester at the first ever Apostolic Bible College in Malta. And just started the second semester two weeks ago. And my wife and I being here, we did it via Zoom, and, uh, and it worked. It, it worked. So it's, it's exciting. So it, it goes to help with that. Amen. If you have your Bibles here this morning, if you would go into the book of Isaiah, chapter 40. Uh, Pastor Becker, I'm so thankful to walk up here and see a pulpit this big. All the young preachers have these tiny little pulpits now that they lay their iPads on. And, and, and I'm a paper guy. You know, my battery never goes dead on my paper. I never have the wrong thing show up on the screen with paper. But I need a bigger pulpit. And this is, pulp, this is pastor friendly. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40, and I'll be reading in verse 28. It says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. Praise God. There is no searching of his understanding. 
He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And if you would go with me then to Proverbs also, chapter 3, verse 5. And it says this in verse 5, Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Now we amen this scripture all the time. This is good stuff. If the preacher says this is good stuff, you'll say amen. Right? But do we really trust the Lord with all our heart? And do we not lean on our own understanding? Oh, yeah. In all our ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. Pastor Becker, would you pray? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As I live, there are two things which I have come to see, not as a pastor, but just as a Christian. I I see them as struggles for almost every person who walks with Jesus Christ. And, And I know that I've had these struggles myself. And these two things are waiting and trusting. Waiting and trusting. The first of these two struggles, waiting, is so hard for us. But it's so hard for me. We go to the doctor. They tell you to be there at 9. And at 9.45, you finally get your appointment. But if you show up at 9.05, you are officially late and have to reschedule it, right? So we go to the doctor and we wait. We go to the Department of Motor Vehicles and we wait. You order something online and you wait. Uh, We are the last car at a four-way stop, so you get to wait. Don't you love it when they do that? No. No. The standoff happens. So we're all trying to wave each other forward. Nobody goes, so you're waiting. But a few years ago, they started streamlining things here in America, and especially going to the doctor or to the Department of Motor Vehicles, and then this thing called Amazon.com showed up. And so seldom is my wait at the doctor these days longer than five minutes. It's, it's amazing, it is shocking, and I love it. And, and then we have the Department of Motor Vehicles. Last year, my wife and I had to renew our driver's license, and we walked in. We're all ready for a long morning. We walked in our wait time, and unbelievable, unfathomable. We walked into the wrong place. We waited two minutes. And we are out of there with our new driver's license in less than 20 minutes. We had time for breakfast. Amazon keeps upping the game. To the point that, you know, when I, when I was a kid, 
don't know about you guys. I, I was into comic books. You order that, that prank bubblegum that has pepper in it. Six to eight weeks, if it ever showed up. You know? But no, Amazon is doing it in less than 24 hours, and now they're trying to, in some areas, get it to you in less than an hour after you order something online. It's absolutely insane. You can get somebody else to do your grocery shopping. You don't have to wait anymore. The kids today do not know the struggle. They do not understand waiting. In Malta, they uh, use a lot of English phrases. So there you don't stand in line and wait. You stand in a queue. They will never understand getting up at 1 in the morning to go stand in the line for your visa when the visa place opened at 9 in the morning. They don't understand what it's like to be in a queue. And, and so things have gotten faster. Tra- four-way stops. I love traffic circles. When they first came, I hated them, but I love them now because you, you don't have to. There's none of this. So there's no more waiting for anything except one particular individual. God. The same yesterday, today, forever. He's not streamlining anything. And, and this brings about the second struggle. That we run into the waiting, because God makes us wait. But then there's trusting. Trusting. Trusting is much harder than even waiting. Waiting you can do because it involves the physical body waiting, but trusting is quite another uh, thing. There are many reasons why people do not trust today. Uh, One of those is being hurt in the past by somebody, somebody you love, somebody you cared about, somebody you trusted hurts you, so now you don't trust anybody. Uh, there is the belief that we have in society that everyone is only in it for themselves. Go figure. And then you have these unrealistic expectations that politicians, when they stand up and say they're going to do something, are actually going to do it. So we don't trust. We don't have any trust. Social media. Watch a social media post blow up sometime over some completely innocuous thing. You, you said you thought this was that kitten was so cute, and all of a sudden you got PETA attacking you. And, and so it gets all out of context, but the other thing you learn is the people you thought you could trust are the ones that are saying some of the nastiest stuff to you via social media. And, and so social media has become a trust killer. People cheat. Now, many years ago, Pastor Parker, Sister Parker, you know Chuck Welch. That's my pastor. I don't know if you're familiar with Chuck Welch. That He was my pastor. He's my mentor. And we went golfing one day. And we went golfing with a bunch of people who were Christians. But one of the Christians that was golfing with us kept shaving his score. If you've not gone golfing, it's, it, he was having memory issues. Okay, we'll see. And, and, and Brother Welch, if you know Brother Welch, Brother Welch golfed for the University of Wisconsin golf team when they won some big national war back in well, 1950-something when he was young. And, and, and so he's serious about his golf, and, and this guy kept shaving. And, and I knew the guy was because it was, he was my partner, and, and I know it took me six strokes to get there, and he was right alongside me, and he somehow miraculously was doing it in three but I wasn't going to say anything. I kept my mouth shut. You know, it's him and God. Let him deal with it. 
We got to the eighth hole, and Pastor Parker, uh, Pastor Parker, yes, Pastor uh, Welch uh, said, what's your score? And he goes, I, I got four on that one. Brother Welch threw down the scorecard. He said, brother, come here. I'm going to lay hands on you. We're praying that lying spirit out of you right now, right here. We're... That guy almost ran from him. But when somebody you trust cheats, okay, even that breaks that trust. Gossipers. If Christians don't gossip, we share. Okay, we share concerns. I have a concern. Brother, I have a concern. I want to share it with you. It, it, it's gossip, but if we disguise it as a prayer need, it, it becomes a concern to pray about. But gossip destroys trust. And trust opens up yourself to vulnerability, or worse, it makes you very uncomfortable. Uh, we have stranger danger, you know, guess what? All strangers are not to be trusted. And, and sadly, some people don't even trust their pastors. Yet here we are, we find ourselves as Christians having the Lord tell us, Wait and trust. Wait and trust. You know, my past experiences with trust being bad, not trusting people, and for most of us, come from worldly experiences. People we worked with, family members, people who were not in the church. And, And so trusting in or leaning on the things that happened to you in the world and basing all of your Christian philosophy on that is wrong. We, we can't do that. We've got we to gotta look at God. The problem we run into is none of us are really good with waiting and trusting. We are just not really good with it. Oh, we may say we are, but it's, it's quite different. Let me, let me give you some things to consider from 1 Corinthians, the book of 1 Corinthians. And I will be in uh, the ninth chapter. What time do you folks usually get out of here? Three, four? At least. No, okay, now I'm going to be serious. What time do you usually get out of here? <laughs> Around noon? Oh, okay, i got to illuminate some pages. I'm joking. Okay, 1 Corinthians 9.24. It says, Know ye not that they which run in a race... Run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep my body, I keep under my body, and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means... When I have preached to others, I myself be a castaway. And then if you could jump over to 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4 and verse 16. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. What does this have to do with trust and waiting? Everything. 
We're trusting that God's coming back and we are waiting. Okay, I came to the Lord in 1988. That is when I prayed through the baptism of the Holy Ghost in a tiny little home missions church. And back then they had a book that was written called 88 Reasons Why the Lord's Coming Back in 1988. I was all on board with the whole Jesus coming back. I'm still waiting. So what we have is on one hand we have Paul telling us that he realizes that there's a race that we are all running. So we're running this race that we want to win. And the implication is that this race leads to a trophy and that trophy is heaven. And yet there's also this implication that we can wear out and quit before the end of the race. So we must keep going even if if we have waited a long time, lest we be, as Paul said, a castaway. And then, then Paul comes along and tells us about the return of Jesus Christ. The shout, the trumpet, being caught up with the Lord and they are raptured up into eternity. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. We look forward to it. I think it's one of the most exciting things in the Bible. And But I'm tired of waiting. I want it to happen. I had a dream one night. We, we our, our house we used to live in had a, 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 a skylight in our bedroom. And I had a dream one night. And I dreamt that the Lord came back and that we went up through the skylight. And, I mean, it was so real. You know, I was in my bed and all this. I woke up and I'm just laying in my bed. First thing I did was lean over to make sure my wife was here because if, if she didn't go, all eter- everyone on earth is lost, you know. But she was still there. That's how much I wanted to be raptured out of this. And I, and I know we said the great taking away. I wanted it to happen. I wanted to leave. I, I want to get out of this place. So I'm looking forward to it. And it's wonderful. And But it's not Amazon. We have to wait. But Paul says, while you're waiting, run. Okay, wait, but run. It's very contradictory. And run, and run, and run, and keep running till he returns. Because we got this race. And we've all seen it. Somebody we know, we love, comes to church, and, and they love God. They repent. They get baptized in Jesus' name. They get filled with the Holy Ghost. They, they're on fire for God, and they're watching the Easter sky with you that you probably told them about that Jesus is going to come down in. And they're hoping, and they're looking forward to be raptured with the Lord, but they are running a long race. And during that race, along comes this thing called life. And with life comes waiting, and waiting, and waiting. And that that person whom we thought was going to rise with the rest of us and meet the Lord in the air, they get tired of waiting, they get tired of running this race that doesn't seem to be getting them anywhere, and they leave the church and they go back to a long lifestyle. So we can see the waiting for a Christian is already hard enough. For us, waiting is hard. We say it's not, but let's face it. If the trumpet sounded right now, there would not be a sad face in this place. Okay? I don't care. We, we, we got grandchildren back in two rivers, and, and I want to see them grow into adults and have great-grandchildren, and all these things happen. But you know what? If, if the trumpet sounds, I'm good with meeting them in the air. I'm good. My, my car can stay here. Somebody else can have it. I, I don't care. I want it to happen. So waiting is not as exciting as it would seem. I heard many well-intentioned preachers over the years who say, being a Christian is so exciting. It is on Sunday. 
But on Monday and Tuesday, while we're waiting and our boss is getting in our face and, and things are getting done and the plumbing is leaking and the dog ran away and the, this whole waiting thing isn't so easy anymore. So it's, it's hard enough, but now we've got to throw in trust because the Lord says trust. I have to trust. Trust in the Lord. Not just a little bit, but in all. So, if I were to ask most of you here today if you trust in the Lord, you will likely say yes, because we know that's the right response. Let, let me relate a little story with you. I know of this couple, and, and they've been trying to have a baby for years, and, and they've really felt like God promised them a baby. They, they, they served the Lord. They walked with the Lord. And they were certain that God had promised them a baby. But understandably, when you're waiting for a baby and it's not coming, waiting becomes hard and waiting produces a lack of trust. And one day the husband, he came home from, from being out working and, and he comes in and he finds his bride weeping and she told him, she says, you know, all these years I've watched everyone else have their babies. I'm watching their babies grow up, their babies become adults, and I still haven't had my baby. And her husband, he's a good man of God. He, he, he did try to comfort her. But he, too, had become very frustrated with the weight. He wanted a son in the worst way. And, and his trust in the Lord also was waning just a little bit. So they sat down and they decided to have a discussion about this. And they discussed the situation and that, Maybe God wanted them to use other means. Maybe God wanted them to go talk to some doctors or, you know, or other options and all these other things. And, and, you know, because God had promised, but maybe this is what God meant by this. Anybody relate? Okay. So Sarah had this great epiphany and she said to her husband, Abraham, I've got a great idea involving my handmaiden. We all know how that worked out, right? We're still suffering the repercussions from that lack of trust that came as a result of having to wait. And so if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we can get weary, just like Abraham and Sarah did. And, and, and you can get to the place where waiting on the Lord and trusting in His Word becomes very hard to do. In Proverbs chapter 3 if you would go with me there, Proverbs 3, verse 7. Proverbs 3 and verse 7, it says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. We are admonished to be careful with trusting. Don't lean on your own understanding. The verses leading up to it are from my opening uh, scriptures this morning. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. And then we've got to be so careful not to trust in our own understanding. Uh, so we, we, want to, we, we try to do this. We're all trying to be good, faithful saints of God. But we're still struggling with our flesh. flesh. Now, several years ago, because of the times, my wife and I heard Pastor Tim Gaddy speaking. And, and he mentioned waiting, and it was like, oh, thank you, Jesus, somebody who's important is sick of waiting, just like me. Because he got up there and he said, we serve an untimed God. And everybody, whoo, yeah, we serve an untimed God. Oh, yes, everybody's standing up. Woo, preach it, Brother Gaddy. 
But then he goes, you know, but I have a problem. He says, he is so slow getting there. My wife and I are probably the only ones that stood up for yeah, daddy, yeah. But he was right. We get so tired of waiting and we're human beings. And, 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 and I realized recently I'm not getting younger. I just got notified. I, I, I have to apply for Medicare. This is, yeah, that gives my age. I'll be 65 this year. And, 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 and I realized that there is no magic pill for waiting and trusting. Uh, you know, it would be great to be able to come up here and give you some scriptures and you all go, oh, wow, what a revelation. Brother Stephen should be preaching at General Conference. But I don't have that, so I'm not going to be preaching at General Conference. Best I've ever done to ever getting on the platform at General Conference is I got to carry a flag up there one year. But maybe I can give you some bits of things that will help you a little bit. Romans chapter 12 and verse 12. Romans 12 and verse 12. I'm just going to read them off the screen here. Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Now, I'm not going to comment on any of the scriptures I'm going to use from this point forward because I have found that the Word of God says a whole lot more than I could ever say. Uh, If we go on to the next one, Psalm 27 verse 13. Psalm 27, verse 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. living. Verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Oh, here there is. There's that waiting. Be, I said I wasn't going to comment, didn't I? Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And if you would look at Psalm 46, verse 10. Psalm 46. And verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. And then 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. i got to comment here. That has got to be one of the most disheartening scriptures you, heard, you all heard the joke where the guy says, Lord, what's one day to you? He goes, oh, about a thousand years. He goes, what's money to you? And the Lord says, a oh, million dollars is like a penny. And the guy says, Lord, can I have a penny? And the Lord says, give me a day. <laughs> Verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. Here, my friends, is what you need to hear. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness, but He is long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also. And the works that are therein shall be burned up. There's the promise, the trust. Next verse. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conversation and godliness? Verse 12. Looking for and hasting on to the coming of the day of the Lord wherein the heavens shall be, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. 
Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness in verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. We may have to wait, but there's a whole lot of promise So what about trust? What about trust? Well, it's going to require another element of your walk with God, and that's called faith. And again, i got some more verses of Scriptures. I'm just going to read through them. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And and, and brother, uh, you working on the soundboard, my son is the sound man back at our home church, okay? And he realizes that every preacher blames him for everything that goes wrong during the preaching. I will not. You are to be honored I uplift you. You are a great sound man, a great projectionist. Amen. So I'm just going to go through these, and I'm going to go verse by verse. Just keep going on them. All right? Awesome. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink. You know, some of us are already thinking about fellowship. Am I right? Nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Verse 26. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, neither gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are they not much better? Are not we not better than they? Yes. Which of you taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? If I could, I would because I'm short. But I can't. Next verse. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. But look at this. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Next verse. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Next verse. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Verse 32. For after all these things did the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And finally, verse 34, Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What about trust? You just heard it all. Those are the Lord's words, not mine. He has made some promises to us. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, simple answer to a lot of this stuff. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. And the last verse of Scripture I'm going to use today, Hebrews 13, verse 8. I said that to give you hope. Hebrews verse chapter 13, verse 8. Is it up there? It's not up there. It's like, is that my eyes are getting bad? All right, we'll do this. Jesus Christ! Okay. 
the same yesterday and today and forever. You're still an awesome sound man. Praise the Lord. He has not changed. He's not going to rush things because we want Him to. He's not going to change His Word because we want Him to. He's not going to stop expecting us to trust because we want Him to. He has made these plans for us and He's changing not. See, waiting has turned us into a very demanding people. And I think two years of COVID has made us worse. I'm watching the clock. My wife and I have this little code. Brother, you know what that means? Do you? Do your wife ever do that to you? You know what that means. There's all kinds of codes. Like, that means don't go there. This. I'm going to hear about it when we go home. But the one I don't want to see is that one I don't ever want to see, and I saw it once. Oh, you don't know what that means? The men do. Yes. You do not want to get up at the pulpit and have your wife do that. If you haven't figured it out, you'll have to work on it there. Ask somebody who does. So she's given me the code to wrap it up, and I already am doing that. I'm going to hear, I'm going to hear about this on the way home, too. But two years of COVID has made us a very demanding people. It really has. I've seen people have are no longer no longer kind to each other, and everybody's impatient. And and uh, and you think people are impatient driving in the United States? Come to Malta. I could make millions selling car horns there because they stand on their horns for everything, and and they are not patient. And and I don't know the Maltese language perfectly, but I know when they're swearing. And there's a lot of that that goes on. So we have become very impatient people, which has made it even worse. We stand in front of our microwave wondering why it took three minutes for popcorn to get done. And now we want God to be the popcorn Jesus. Could you imagine yourself, and this is how Jesus really is. He's he's more like a pole vaulting coach. You're a pole vaulter, he's the coach. And guess who sets the bar? It's the coach. Because if I set the bar, I'm going to go after the bar that I know I can attain. But the coach, he knows that you can go further. You may not think it, but the coach sees it in you. And he sets the bar a little higher. Now, I know a lot of you have walked with the Lord even longer than I have. And, and you know what I'm talking about. When you first came to the Lord, everything was so good and all the blessings just poured in. And now you're like, wow, it's taken a while. And the Lord's going, didn't you notice I moved it up? He's building our faith. He's building our trust. He's teaching us to be patient. And, and so that's what he's doing. And he's challenging us to go just a little bit further. And I thought, Brother Parker, I thought this would end when I hit my 60s. But he keeps pushing me a little further and a little further. And, and like I, I realized that don't end until I draw my last breath. Praise the Lord. So this is what brings me all back around to those little cards that you got in your hand you thought that I forgot about. 
That's your, those are your faith promise cards. And I'm sure many of you are very familiar with faith promise. This is a missions church. I can tell by all the missionaries that you have posted down at the entryway there. That is impressive, as my wife mentioned. But we're going to be talking just for a very short time on the faith promise and mission support. Because faith promise helps not only uh, overseas, but over in the, in, in, in the United States also, your backyard. Uh, my wife and I were Christmas for Christ missionaries, so we received uh, uh, funding from headquarters when we were home missionaries. We go on to the foreign field. We started as aim workers first and, and as furlough replacements, and we received finances from churches that were supporting us. Then we were promoted to AMP, which is, if you don't know what AMP is, it's the new one. It's, it's, it's what they do when they don't want you spending four years raising a budget. They want you to get back over on the field and real quick. So we're AMP missionaries, and, and again, the finances came in, and people were, were blessing us. And we, we are so thankful for that. And uh, so we're going to be talking about faith promise because it incorporates everything I talked about today, waiting and trusting. So what is faith promise? It is simply the promise to give a certain amount of your finances on a consistent basis over and above your tithe. It is a commitment we personally make to the Lord Jesus Christ and to our church. However, it requires trust, trusting that God will provide for whatever pledge you make. And it will require waiting because we don't know what the, we, we, again, let's go back to Amazon. This, Jesus Christ is not Amazon. It's not a quick result. The blessings may not be seen till eternity. But the blessings are going to be seen and we will see the results, but that will require waiting. What does your giving to faith promise do? I'm going to tell you. It sends missionaries overseas, much like your former pastors, and, 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 and how they worked in the mission field. Uh, it helps both long-term, short-term missions. We had the honor of, of uh, hosting 28 young people for youth on missions this last summer. Uh, and, and it was awesome. I mean, we, they were witness giants. They were going in. All of these are future missionaries. And again, these kinds of things help so that missionaries can promote them and get people overseas. And, and uh, it's all about bringing the saving message of Jesus Christ to people who haven't heard it. We lived on an island that had 365 Catholic churches and chapels. Remember I said it was 15 miles wide and 18 miles long? you could not swing a rosary without hitting a church. There are Catholic churches everywhere. You can stand by a Catholic church and look, and there's another one. And, and you can go all through the country without getting one out of your set. You can be in the middle of the country, which is very small, but you can see Catholic churches everywhere. And we, we said that, wow, you know, if they can have 365 Catholic churches in Malta, why can't we have at least one apostolic church here, right? I mean, Paul brought the message to this place. And so uh, the brother and sister, Kirby Parker, went there uh, about 20 years ago to Malta, brought the first apostolic church there, and it was support from people in churches like this that made that happen. This last year, as I mentioned, we were able to start the Bible school. This makes support available for Bible school instructors. It also provides tuition for students who can't afford it. In our class, currently in our class, is one Chinese woman from Beijing, China. 
She wants to go back to Beijing and teach the apostolic message. And she is in an apostolic Bible school. We have two Filipino ladies who are in there. Now, the Filipinos, you know anything about them? They're, they're winning everybody everywhere. You know, if you have a Filipino in your church, it's going to grow. It just happens. And, and so we had these two Filipino ladies. They are on fire. And one Filipino man, I forgot about Lester. And, and, and so we have that. We have now a Pakistani man who is joining us in the Bible school. We're sending these people back out. But it, this doesn't happen by accident. It happens with finances. And, and, and it provides money so that you can have Bibles, you can have schools, you can have buildings, literature, promotions, so much more. It makes it available. My wife and I have been beneficiaries of, of a lot of people who trusted in the Lord and gave. So you should have a faith promise form like the one I'm holding in my hand that I forgot to grab. But uh, I'm going to, yes, there you go. You should have one of those in your hand. And we're going to ask you here uh, this morning to have the Lord lay a number on your heart. Now, don't write yet. Okay, because if you're writing now, the Lord did not lay that number on your heart. And, and I'm not being mean. I, I just, I, I have learned myself between Lord number and Scott number. Scott number, always lower. Lord number, always unattainable, yet I attain. So, uh, but we're going to pray about this. We're going to have your pastor come up here and, and, and pray. But I'm going to help you out a little bit here. If, if you can tell, you can tell if you're coming up with a number or if it's God. It's quite simple to discern. If your pledge is comfortable, it's you. If you make a pledge and you go, wow, I'm comfortable with that pledge, then it's you. And if it's uncomfortable, eh, then it's probably God. I have learned that I cannot both be courageous and comfortable at the same time. And I have to sometimes take a step out in faith. We have seen multitudes of people who have stretched their faith to the maximum through faith promise. And I, I, I am not a name it and claim it guy. I'm not a prosperity doctrine guy. God, blessings aren't always money. For some reason, we got that in our heads. It's always money. Uh, but I, I've seen the miracles of health restored in people and, and so many other miracles. But I am going to say this. We recently, my wife and I were in a faith promise at our home church, and Brother Steve Rogers was presenting it. And God laid one of those numbers on us. He went and laid it on us. And not to do it monthly. He says, give it all at once. He's thinking, yeah, Lord, you, you did see that uh, we're not working. And the Lord did see it. Of course he did. So we gave the amount that the Lord said. We wrote the check. We sent it out. Within a couple of weeks, uh, a miracle happened. And the vehicle you sit, see sitting out in front there, it's not new. It's the 2014 Buick Enclave, but it's nice. But we still owed over two years on it, and it was paid off this last week. God took care of us in a miraculous way like we never thought possible. We drove up here with a paid-off car. Praise the Lord. So we have seen multitudes that have stretched their faith to the maximum through faith promise, and we've never seen a single one of them ever forsaken, ever. We have seen them blessed beyond their wildest dreams and what God has done for them. So, if, Pastor, if you would come up here and pray, and then, uh, then we're going to let you start writing numbers. Amen. Oh, you heard the man. Let's seek the face of God.
Let's hear from God. Amen. As he said, this isn't uh, this doesn't go into my my pocketbook, folks. I don't see one cent of this. This is all going out to missionaries to the work of God. Amen. And uh, this is God's kingdom. If it's God's will, it's God's bill, right? So He'll take care of it. Let Him use you in this capacity. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, You're an awesome God. You have done everything for us. You have sacrificed Yourself on a tree that I might have a relationship with You, that I might be free from the bondage of sin and death. You have done all things for my benefit. Help us now, I pray, to get a heart of servitude, a heart of worship, a heart of thanksgiving for all that You've done. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that as we seek Your face here, that You would tell us, that You would command us, what would You have us do? How would You use Your people here today to further the Gospel message, to further Your kingdom, to advance the kingdom of God in this world? Use us, I pray. Help us, Lord Jesus, to submit ourselves to whatever it is You tell us to do. To trust. To trust in You. To put our faith and our hope and our confidence in You. That whatever it is You ask of us, You will provide the need. And You will bless. You will bless for their obedience. You will bless for their sacrifice. You are no man's debtor. Thank You, Jesus, for this opportunity You've given us today to demonstrate our confidence and our faith and our trust in You. Thank You, Jesus, for all that You've done for us. Speak to Your people, I pray. And use us mightily in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, as if, uh, write that number on here. Uh, I'm going to be opening up the altar in just a moment. And, and what I would like for you to do is... is Bring your form up here and lay it on the altar. Just lay it on the altar. And then we're just going to pray and say, Lord, I took a step in faith today. Now I'm asking you to help me to be able to fulfill this. And start trusting God like you've never trusted him before. Um, it could be that you may end up being like the man who said to Jesus, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. God's got so much more He wants to do here. And, 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 and this building, it's just a temporary place. Bigger is coming. More are happening. I know what it's like being in college towns. But I know God's got a big plan for this church. Hold on. Watch what God, God's going to do. And watch what He's going to do for you personally. Praise the Lord. I'm going to let Brother Becker come up here and, and uh, take care of the altar here. And uh, however you want to do it, just bring them up here and, and lay those forms up here on the platform. Brother Becker. Amen. Let's all come forward. Bring your forms. Amen. Again, church, God has done so much for us individually in our families, this church body. And even when we come to a place like this, and the Lord is asking a sacrifice of us, He's asking us to step out in faith, He still responds in kind. The more we trust Him, the more He can do through us. 
He is not limited by anything but doubt. Amen. Has everyone filled them out? Well, if you've, if you've heard from the Lord and you've filled this out, you've placed it on the altar, we're going to pray right now. And we're going to ask Him uh, not just to work through this, to work through us, to work through His people. He has always, for whatever reason, He's bound Himself to, to work through His people. Amen. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He could, just, he could just make gold appear and send everyone out. We wouldn't have to worry about any of this. He could send angels to preach the Gospel. But He doesn't. He sends us and He uses us for His ends, for His purpose, for His glory. Amen. And what a delight, what a privilege, what an honor it is to be used of the Lord in any capacity. Praise God. Again, I am so thankful, before we pray, I am so thankful for this church and, and how much you do give, not just to missions, but every offering that we have, every, every work uh, that's going out, you give so sacrificially and so liberally, and I am so thankful for that, to be a part of a church body that has that kind of a heart. Amen. As we pray, we're trusting in God. God is going to do something awesome through this. He's going to continue to do awesome things in this place. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I am so thankful. I am so thankful for this offering that You have received. I am so thankful for the work of God that's going to go forth from this moment. Thank You, Lord Jesus, for those that have given sacrificially, those that have trusted in You. I know, Lord Jesus, I know of a surety that our hope and our faith and our confidence in You is not in vain. He is no fool who puts his hope in the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. I pray blessing upon Your people, not just financial, but spiritual, emotional. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name that You would bless the people of God as they have given to You, as they submit themselves to You in obedience to Your Word. Oh, we give glory and honor unto the Most High God. We worship and we praise You. We worship You. You are such a good God. You are such a great God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Our trust in You is never in vain. It's never wasted. I am so thankful for the opportunity You've given us today to demonstrate our faith in You, our trust and our confidence in the Lord our God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. And we're so excited about what You're doing in, in this place, what You're doing in this country, what You're doing worldwide. We're so excited. You're coming back soon, Lord Jesus. You're coming back so very soon. And I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that You would find Your people busy, that You would find us working, that You would find us toiling in the field. Hallelujah, Jesus, watching and waiting for You. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that You would work through this body, that You would work through this body of believers. Work through them mightily, miraculously, gloriously, wondrously, I pray. We loose You in these situations, that You would do a new thing in this place, 
that you would do a new thing here. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would continue to do greater and greater things, that you would not be hindered or limited by us in any way, but that, that through faith, through confidence and trust, we would release the Lord our God into our present situations, our future circumstances. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus! And that you, Lord Jesus, would receive all the glory, that you would receive all the honor, all the worship, all the praise. Hallelujah, Jesus! It is you that will provide these needs. It is you that will send these missionaries, call them, train them, equip them, and you will use your body to do it. It takes all of God's people to do all of God's work. Hallelujah, Jesus! Thank you for making us a part of the work of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for using us in your worldwide kingdom. I pray, Lord Jesus, that through this, your name would be glorified. Your kingdom would be advanced. Your will would be made manifest in this earth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done, all that you've yet to do. We give glory and honor unto you, thou most high God. All these things we ask, all these things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Brother and Sister Stevens, thank you so very much for being a part of our service today. You have blessed us immeasurably. Thank you so much. To that end, uh, we still have an opportunity to be a blessing to them. We're about to dismiss. Thank you so much for your kind attention. Uh, thank you for giving in the offering according as the Lord has led you. Amen. Uh, as we dismiss, let's come around. Let's buy them out. Maybe their car is for sale. Maybe they'll give you a good price. It's paid for. Yeah? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Check out their stand. Talk to the missionaries. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you so very much.